Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Friday, October 1st, 2021. It's October, and today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster Only, working from my home studio in New York, and let's get to it. In Atlanta last night, the Braves with an opportunity to wrap up the division against the team chasing them, the Philadelphia Phillies. And one of their second half heroes, Austin Riley, came through. One and two on Austin Riley. And the pitch on the way. There's a high fly ball to deep left field. This has got a shot. And Austin with a stutter on Kyle Gibson. And it's 2 nothing Braves. That from 680, the fan. And here was the call in the top of the ninth inning. 0-2 oh, on the way. Got him swinging strike three. And I do believe it is time to pop some champagne in Atlanta, Georgia. For the fourth year in a row, the Braves are champions of the National League East. They do it by punching their ticket, by sweeping the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Braves' quest for the World Series in 2021 will continue next week in Milwaukee. And this did not feel like any other clinching because of all the adversity that the Braves had to deal with during the course of the year. And you can hear it in the voice of Brian Snicker, their manager, when he was asked about this on the field. Well, Snick, over four decades with this organization. And you've now taken them to four straight NL East division titles. What does that mean to you? Oh, man. everything. Braves country, thank you for staying with us this year. This wasn't easy. We couldn't have done it without you. Congratulations, because we're going to the dance again. Yeah, Brian Sinker there had to compose himself to answer that question from Kelly Crowley. Uh, Really cool moment for the Atlanta Braves. The Houston Astros also had a chance yesterday to wrap up their division, the American League West. And Carlos Correa, who's been so great this year, got them started. Driven to left. High and far, far and deep, gone! That was Steve Sparks. Sparksy, KBME, 790 AM. Here was the sound in the top of the ninth inning. 3-2 to Diaz. Brown ball left side. Bregman has it. Straightens up. Throws to first. Local Yuri Gurriel scoops it. And the Houston Astros win the American League West for 2021. Robert Ford with that call, KBME 790 AM. And after the game, here was Carlos Correa. You live for this moment. Uh, each single one of them is special. Um, to be able to clinch tonight was, was, was great. Uh, great team effort. The bullpen did a great job today. Lance, of course, you know, that's our ace. So uh, he did what he had to do, and uh, we came up with a win, man. It felt, it felt great. When you have that group of guys in there, you know, you got all-stars, MVPs, um, you got so many talented players in there, and you know they look after you. You know it's, it, it feels great, but at the same time, I learn so much from them every single day. Um, they teach me so many things, and uh, you know we, we're we're a brotherhood in there. We're a family, so that makes it a lot easier for for everybody. In LA, the Dodgers running out of time to catch the Giants, who never lose. The Dodgers face the Padres, and Fernando Tatis Jr. had a moment. 
High drive, sent to deep left field. That ball is crushed to the back of the pavilion and on top of the pavilion. Wow. An absolute blast to left field for Nando. His 42nd of the year. It's a two-run shot. And that will get out of Dodger Stadium. That was only the sixth time that a ball has been hit out of Dodger Stadium. Uh, however, for the Padres, it would be a bad night again. The Dodgers would prevail with a lot of help from Corey Seager. Seager with a fly ball to right on its way. There is no stopping Corey Seager. Second home run of the night. He's had three in his last five at-bats. Eight to three. He's getting hot right at the right time. So the Dodgers win. But you know what happened with the Giants? They won again, too. And the one-two pitch. Swing and a roller. Off the glove of Smith at first. Into right field. Base hit. And Duggar comes across with the winning run. And that's the 105th win for the Giants this year. Equaling the all-time Giants record going back more than 100 years. John Miller with that call on KNBR. The Dodgers, 103 wins, two games behind. So it's possible the Giants could clinch the National League West tonight. In the American League wildcard race, the pitching rat matchup did not look good at all for the Yankees. Corey Kluber against likely Cy Young winner Robbie Ray. But the Yankees went off. High fly ball, deep right field, Gritchick back, he's on the track. See ya, tie game, a big home run for Rizzo. It's 250th of his career, and he probably just hit his biggest home run as a Yankee, 2-2. That one is driven out to center field and deep, going back, Springer on the track, looking up, see ya, another home run for Judge. He's laying down the law in a pennant race, and the Yankees lead 3-2. to two. Fly ball, left center field and deep. Turning and looking is Springer. See ya! Three home runs against the presumptive Cy Young Award winner. Yankees making a statement. And they are Michael taking Cape a Michael those time. calls on the Yes Network. In the end, the Yankees would have four homers against Robbie Ray. And the final score there was 6-2 in Baltimore. Orioles and Red Sox, what an opportunity for Boston against one of the worst teams in baseball. But Ryan Mountcastle got a big hit early. Here's the 1-1 delivery. That is it the right field. And no, it's trapped. The Orioles coming to the plate, rival. They did it. They did it. They did it. Oh, my, Buster, my bad. That's not the... Uh... Ryan Mountcastle sound. That is a right. Robert Dino's walk-off single from 2011. My bad. Let me play the Ryan Mountcastle sound for you. First pitch swinging. Ryan Mountcastle. Bullpen bound. It's out of here. Orioles take a 3-1 lead. Melanie Newman with that call, 105.7 The Fan. And guess who else chipped in for the Orioles? Tyler Nevin chops this one. He gets through. It finds a gap. One run. It comes home. Charging around as the throw from left is in. The play at the plate is not in time. Kelvin Gutierrez scores. It's a two-run shot for Tyler Nevin. He is safe at second. Tyler Nevin, the son of Yankees third base coach Phil Nevin, who asked his son, hey, do you think you can help us out a little bit? And the Orioles did. They beat the Red Sox 6-2. At the end of Thursday, the Yankees are in a commanding position 
for the wild card race in the American League, two games ahead of the Mariners and Red Sox, who are tied for the second wild card, and the Toronto Blue Jays are behind them. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, first of all, uh, my Robert Andino bit fell flat there. I, I, I hope the uh, the listeners picked up on it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've got a couple things here. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, they're on the air right now, but you can listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. You can find them on ESPN Radio or ESPN News Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. They're talking college football. They're talking NFL. They're talking to big-name guests. That's what they do over there. Also, in the crease, NHL season nearly here. Check out ESPN's newest podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Organized Chaos is going to recap the week of NFL action. That's Bart Scott and Rex Ryan. Also available wherever you get your podcasts and the ESPN College Football Podcast. There is a week's worth of content getting ready for week five. And then Matt Berry and Paul Feinbaum will be on the ones and twos come Sunday to recap the week's worth of action. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes. The clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, 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 with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs is a reporter and a producer for MLB.com. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Buster, but I can't believe we only have three days left of the regular season. I'm excited for the playoffs, but it's so sad that we only have a couple days left here. And it felt at the top of the show, it felt cool to say October, right? Yeah. I mean, if oh, you yeah. like it's something different. I'm curious, in, in uh, your time working in baseball, have you ever happened to, to find your way into a clubhouse or happen to be in a clubhouse when there's a celebration so that you get doused with champagne? Because there's a lot of that going around lately. There is a lot of that going around. I have not. All the games I covered uh, back in 2019 were not clinches. And when we were on the road, baseball night, all that. I was on the field with the guys. So I did not manage to uh, get into that. So I didn't have the smelly clothes, the issues with the shoes, all of that. I'm sure you have uh, quite the stories from those. I, I got days. tons of stories. The worst <laughs> one was though, was uh, the, the, when the Astros beat the Yankees in a wild card game and Carlos Correa saw me after the game and he took an entire bottle of champagne and emptied it over my head. And first off, you know, I mean, the burn is real in your eyes and you're just completely blind. And in oh, that no. case, I knew that I was live on television when it happened <laughs> And so you're trying to get over that. But then when the night's over, you know, and you leave the clubhouse and you're completely drenched with champagne and I have a 40 minute drive back, I'm just thinking, 
oh my God, I better not get stopped. If I, for some reason or another, get stopped by the cops, how lame is that my excuse going to sound? Oh, I was I was in the Astros clubhouse (laughs) and I and I got dumped with champagne. I, I swear, officer, that's my story. Oh, my goodness. That's a great point. You know, now that you say that, I think when the Mets clinched uh, the division in 2015 or one of those uh, series, I remember Steve Gelbs telling a story and maybe he did get pulled over. I don't want to put those words in his mouth, but similar thing about being in the car and being very stressed out about how you tell that story and make it believable. Yeah, you 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 roll down the window of your car and imagine the smell that go, just greets the cop oh as he walks up to you. Oh my god! All right, uh, the Braves got to spray champagne last night. What a year for them! In your eyes, what are the major reasons they were able to overcome the losses of Ronald Cooney Jr. and Marcelo Zuna, Mike Soroka, Travis Darno for most of the year? And in your eyes, how dangerous are they moving forward? My gosh, I mean, what an accomplishment just to win that division. I mean. I'm sure you saw the stat. I mean, they didn't even have a winning record until August 1st. They're the fourth most days below 500 for a team to go on to win a division. But I think that it comes down to a couple of things. I I really think the huge step forward that Austin Riley made is a big part of what steadied this offense. And I think that he should be the top finisher among Braves in MVP voting. I mean, Freddie Freeman steady as always, but I think when you're looking up and down there, looking at those fourth, fifth place finishers, I'm expecting that Riley should finish ahead. Just a testament to that outstanding season, really working on his plate discipline and being a really complete hitter. But they made great acquisitions at the deadline when we all thought that they were out of it. Again, they were below 500. They were not a notable team at that point. But they made a bunch of acquisitions, as we talked about on our Friday show on trade deadline day. But I really look at Jorge Soler, and now they're using him as a leadoff hitter, which makes no sense, but works when he's hitting a 465-foot leadoff home run last night. And getting back Adam Duvall, a player that they knew that I'm sure Brian Snicker really liked, and having that player back, and he was having a great season with the Marlins and continuing that with the Braves. You know, Jock Peterson has been good for them. There's Eddie Rosario, but those two acquisitions, I think, really really put them into a great spot to continue to succeed. And, you know, Max Freed has been really consistent for them after last year. And Charlie Morton, you know, I think there was a point in that season where it looked like maybe it was going to go the wrong way. He's 37 years old. There isn't really too much left here, but he, you know, he steadied himself there and he's been great for them. So just great players across the board and they were able to figure it out how dangerous they are moving forward. You know, I think that that series takes on a really different tone without Devin Williams. And that gives me a little bit more hope for the Braves, but you just never know. I mean, the great pitchers for the Brewers, we'll see how much they have left. And I think that's what that series will come down to. And the Braves bullpen. I think you'd agree Absolutely. with me. That's Absolutely. I know because every night when Will Smith's on the mound, I'm getting texts from my son. <laughs> that's Braves fan going, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and you yep. know, because Will Smith is a, a high wire act closer this year in, in a lot yes. of his games. And you know, he's got a lot of saves and he's had a lot of high wire acts too. Yes. Yes. Uh, Carlos Correa. Uh, we saw last night, he got the big hit for the Astros. Um, he is among this great group of free agents at year's end. How would you rate him 
uh, compared to the year that he's had, compare the likes of Corey Seager and Javier Baez. Let's put Marcus Simeon in there because I think he's going to wind up going back to shortstop next year wherever he signs Trevor's story. Well, I think if we're including Sammy, and it's a, we can't ignore that season. I know that he set a record for homers by a second baseman. He is really, truly a shortstop. But if we kind of put him aside or look at guys who played shortstop this year, it's Correa far and away to me. Um, you know, he has the most fan graphs war of anyone who's played shortstop this year. Trey Turner's at the top of the list. He was a shortstop until he was traded. Then there's Fernando Tatis Jr. And then it's actually Carlos Correa, 5.5 wins above replacement. So ahead of Seager, who did miss some time and ahead of Baez and anybody else. So uh, the thing that's fascinating to me about Carlos Correa is that he's slugging 480. He's not really slugging this year. And he's really had peaks and valleys with slugging in his career. I mean, when he was a rookie, he slugged 512. It looked like he was going to be one of these power hitting shortstops. He's had years where he was in the 400s. He was at 550 when he got MVP votes in 2017. And it's just really interesting. I mean, this is a huge step forward from his quasi injured season last year, but he's still not slugging like that, but he's hitting well. And obviously he's been very valuable. So I think he's put together a great case for himself heading into free agency. And I've had agents tell me they think he's going to wind up with the biggest contract of that group, in part because he's the youngest. He's 26 years old, and that's a great selling point for him. The giant X factor in the whole thing is what's in his medical file because he's been treated for lower back issues. Those can be problematic, and, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a clean bill of health in there, or maybe they're, uh, you know, some concerned about a a chronic situation going forward. The one thing is is that I think any team that were to to look to sign him would know that at some point he could easily make a transition from shortstop to third base, uh, he's done that at the World Baseball Classic, so he he's going to get paid a lot of money this winter. It's certainly more than the $120 million that the Astros offered him uh, in the spring. How dangerous are the Astros going into the playoffs? I think they're pretty dangerous. I mean, you look at that offense, I think we forget that they have a 115 weighted runs created plus. That leads the majors. A lot of that came from some really great games that they had kind of in the middle of the summer. I know they've had some games recently where they were no hit through like five innings, but what team hasn't had that this year? But I do think that offense really carries them and the bullpen's been a lot better. But I do have a funny stat about them that I don't think has to do with how dangerous they are moving forward, but they're just the second playoff team ever to be swept by 200 lost teams, eventual 100 lost teams. So they were swept by the Rangers in May and the Orioles in June. And we can agree that was definitely a different Astros team, especially the bullpen back then. The only other uh, playoff team to be swept by 200 lost teams was the 2010 Reds. They were swept by the Pirates in April series and then the Mariners in June. So I'm not saying that that has to do with how dangerous they're going to be this month, but it's pretty crazy. They're only the second team to do that and make the playoffs. So the Dodgers are playing great. I think you would agree with me on that. And they're making up no ground in the National League West because the Giants just keep on winning. And Lamont Wade last night, uh, another big moment. I mean, just incredible. You know, I was saying to you guys before we actually started recording here, it's amazing that he's up in the ninth inning. And most Giants fans, I doubt, really knew who he was before the season. This isn't a player that most baseball fans probably knew who he was before the season. And he's up in that situation. You know it's going to go well for the Giants. I mean, I think that really encapsulates what their season has been. But he is hitting 571 in the ninth inning or later, which would be tied for the highest batting average 
average in the ninth inning or later in a single season since at least 1974 with 1987 Jerry Mumphrey. And it's just incredible that this team is so deep that they have a guy who is not among their stars, however you want to define stars, who is doing this in the ninth inning. And that's when it really matters. I mean, we've talked about clutch is not really a thing. Even hitting with runners in scoring position is something that can really change over the course of a year, but he's been doing this all year late in games. It's something, even if it's just a trend. Uh, This weekend, the Dodgers with 103 wins uh, host the Milwaukee Brewers. The Giants with 105 wins host the San Diego Padres. So at this point, the Dodgers almost needing a miracle to win the division. It was very interesting Yesterday, Sarah, I, I was on with uh, KJZ in the morning. Keyshawn Johnson, as you know, is a huge Dodger fan. And he was talking about, yeah, okay, once we win the wild card game, we're going to be in great shape because you've got a great rotation. You know, you got Bueller and you have Arias and you have Clayton Kershaw and you got Max Scherzer. He's rolling through. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't just assume you're going to get past that wild card game. Yesterday, Mike Schilt announcing that Adam Wainwright will start the wild card game. Not a surprise. Cause he's the guy and you just feel like that, you know, he probably has been chomping at the bit for two weeks already watching the Dodgers, uh, you know, studying film, <laughs> looking at numbers and plotting how he's going to beat this team. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that years of experience going back to 2006 tell us to not bet against Adam Wayne. And by the way, October. I started sorry to rip open your scars as a Mets fan from 2006 with Adam. <laughs> no, Wainwright. no, of course. But I mean, he's he's been such a postseason stalwart for so long, you know, in different roles that was out of the bullpen. We've seen him starting and I agree. I mean, I don't think it's a definitive. It would be a shame to see a team that has won 104 plus games, uh, however many they end up with lose in that game. But the Cardinals have been really good. I know they lost the one game, but then they came back out and won yesterday. And there's just a lot to that offense. Dylan Carlson with two home runs last night. You just never know. And I mean, Wainwright is just such a postseason hero, and he really has that capability. He was talking the other day about, oh, Fangraphs didn't believe in us. And that's not exactly how playoff odds work. But I do think that, you know, he has that extra fire. But I will say, if it's him against Max Scherzer, I mean, if you're just picking those guys on intangibles alone, I think it's impossible because both of those guys have that capability to just be so fired up. And of course, that's what makes them so good at the age that they're at and when they were much younger. But uh, even taking the actual pitching out of it, I have no idea who's fired up state I would take in that in that scenario. Man, that that game will be an absolute blast. Uh, yes. that, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, assuming that it's going to wind up being the Dodgers. Um, all right. Let's talk about the uh, American League wildcard race last night, which got some more definition because the Yankees uh, hit a bunch of homers against the guy who's probably going to win the American League Cy Young Award and Robbie Ray. And I was looking at the numbers at the end of the night that the Yankees with a two-game lead in the wild card race, three games to play. They have to play the Tampa Bay Rays. But, yes, two games ahead with three days to play. It's a good place to be. Aaron Judge, in the last nine games in which the Yankees have gone 8-1, hitting 345, 447 on base, 862 slug, four homers and 12 RBI. Giancarlo Stanton, nine games 
hitting 333, 395 on base, 848 slug, five homers, 16 RBI. Uh, you know, when if they the Yankees wind up making the playoffs and we ask the question, well, how they get there? I, these two guys have put that team on their backs. Absolutely. And th- this is what they're supposed to be doing. And this is what I'm sure Yankees fans have been waiting on for so long. And especially with Stanton. I mean, this is why they got him. I know that there were a lot of injuries. I know there were a lot of issues in those first few years of his tenure in New York. But this is what he has the ability to do. And it's just great to see him fully healthy and in a spot where he's able to do this. And, you know, I think he gets so much credit for, as you were talking about, uh, and as you wrote about just navigating the waters of New York and he's still here and he's still contributing and he's able to get past those times that were a little bit more difficult. And with judge, I mean, I was asked on a show a couple months ago about an underrated player. And I said, Aaron judge, I mean, I think that his, career has followed such an interesting trajectory where he was so hyped at the beginning of his career that uh, 2017 all-star game when he won the home run derby the hype was insane he was on the Yankees there was all of this and it was just it was amazing I mean he deserved it but it was incredible and somehow because he didn't quite live up to that which is a derby and isn't even a regular season thing It's kind of dissipated. And now we're at this point where I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is for that team. So it's really great that it's been on display as they've been on this stretch. And, you know, I mean, they're in a great spot. As you said, I'm expecting them to host that wild card game at this point. And it's just great to see the guys who are supposed to contribute contributing as great as a team like the Giants is where you don't even know who the name is going to be. There's really something, especially in a big market to the big guys getting it done. Going into the last weekend, the Mariners are tied with the Red Sox for the second wild card. The Mariners uh, will be playing host to the Angels over the course of the weekend. The Red Sox will be in Washington to play the Nationals. And it's very interesting because the, the Red Sox, I think you'd agree with me, have been one of the biggest surprises this year that they you know, weren't first place for a long period of time. They're in contention. And yet it feels like all the good feeling about this season will evaporate if they don't make the playoffs because of how that's played out, Sarah. What do you think? It really does. I mean, again, we weren't expecting this team necessarily to compete, but I think it's really a testament to Alex Cora and his impact upon return and seeing how much he means to that team. But unfortunately, when you spend that much time in first place and then you're fighting for a wild card at the end of the season, if you miss the playoffs, it's it's really hard to spin that narrative well. I mean, because ultimately, even if we didn't expect this team to compete, a team will always say that they did. And at that point, If you miss the playoffs after being so close, I just think it's really hard to explain, but we'll see. I mean, it's an interesting, uh, you know, twist that obviously they're going to be playing without a DH in this final series. They knew that all year. That's not any, uh, it's a competitive disadvantage for them, but it's not any more of a disadvantage than for any other American league team. It just happens to be the series that's at the end of the year, but you do wonder if that and having JD Martinez out in the field and not being able to necessarily have exactly their alignment, as we've talked about with defensively with Schwarber and everything else could end up impacting how those games go for them. So I saw the note from Elias. What it's only the third time in Red Sox history that they've lost a series to a team that entered the series with at least a hundred losses. One night from 1916 against the Philadelphia athletics, then from 2019 against the Orioles and the Orioles, again, you know, the the Orioles have something on the Red Sox, which is why 
Taylor pulled out the Robert Andino sound in the open because he wanted to flash back to that point. It's it's really weird. Uh, the big hit in that game last night, last one for you, Ryan Mountcastle getting the Orioles started with his 33rd home run. Uh, what's your sense in the wild card race, or excuse me, the uh, rookie of the year race in the American League? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think he might win it. You know, I mean, I was really pulling for and hoping we might see Wander Franco win before he missed some time with an injury, just because it's amazing when the number one prospect in baseball plays like the number one prospect in baseball when he gets to the majors. But I do think that those two weeks that he missed sort of hurt his case when, of course, he had fewer games played to start with. But he did tie the record for the on-base streak for 20 or younger. It ended last night in a game where he did reach base twice, but he didn't reach base safely, uh, which is just a funny thing with how stats work. When you reach on there, it's not going to extend that streak. but I think that while he was out, you know, Mountcastle kind of solidified that. I know Adolis Garcia is going to get some votes, but his season was very first half heavy. And I know he also homered last night, but a lot of that came in the first half. So in my eyes, I think it's down to Wander Franco and Ryan Mountcastle. Luis Garcia is going to get some votes pitching well for the Astros for sure. But I think that's more in that kind of third place range. All right, Sarah, thanks for doing this. Uh, you know, and, and I think what needs to happen is that you need to spray champagne in your mom's eyes if the Giants win the division. What do you think? Oh, my gosh, I'm so down. And maybe we can uh, I'll tell her to cut this off a couple minutes early so it can be a surprise when she listens back. <laughs> thanks so much for having me, Buster. See you, Sarah. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus. A Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection 
prior to starting preventive. Todd Radom is the chief executive of our weekly quiz. He's a graphic artist whose work can be seen on ball fields all across America, all around the world. Or you can go to his website, toddradom.com. Todd, where are you today? Well, sir, I am in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a wonderful morning. And let me guess, you're going to a ballpark today. I am going to a Reds-Pirates game this evening at PNC Park, a jewel of a baseball stadium located on the, uh, which river is that? I'm not sure, but I'll find out later because I'm <laughs> going to the game with uh, Sean Gibson, who is the great-grandson of the legendary Josh Gibson. And he runs wow. the, uh, yep, he runs the Josh Gibson Foundation. And uh, if you're going to go to a Pirates game, you got to go with some Pittsburgh royalty. That's well, and and Josh Gibson is definitely uh, Pittsburgh royalty for sure. That that's really cool. That sounds like it's going to be a fun night. Um, all right, before we get to this week's quiz, let's talk about this week's forgotten franchise. Well, Buster, of course, I had to do this. This week's forgotten franchise, the Negro Leagues Homestead Grays are celebrated as one of the greatest clubs in history. Winners of nine straight league titles from 1937 to 48. There were 11 official World Series in the Negro League era, 1924 to 27 and 1942 to 48. And the Grays played in and won more than any other team with five total appearances and three victories. So in preparation for this week's discussion, I reached out to Sean Gibson, who I just referenced, uh, and, you know, great grandson of the great Hall of Fame catcher, Josh Gibson, starred for the Grays, and he gave me some noteworthy facts to share. So starting out in Pittsburgh's Homestead neighborhood, the Grays were originally a loosely constructed team of Homestead youths who played similar neighborhood teams under the name of the Blue Ribbons, at times sponsored by establishments like the Carnegie Illinois Steel Mills and the Harbison Walker Brickyard. The team eventually became known as the Murdoch Grays. In 1910, the players met to reorganize the team as a semi-pro squad to play local white clubs and other company-based nines and possibly influenced by a common employer of many of the players, the Homestead Steelworks. They renamed the team the Homestead Grays. So the Homestead Grays had two homes. They're kind of like the uh, the Tampa Bay Montreal Rays, right? <laughs> <laughs> they played in Pittsburgh and Washington from 1940 until the club disbanded in 1951. Owner Cumberland Posey struck a deal with Washington Senators owner Clark Griffith to share the Grays with Washington, D.C. as a financial benefit to both parties and as a way to provide Washington's large African-American community with a quality team. In Negro League lore buster, the Grays are considered to have, to have fielded one of the three best teams ever. The 1931 Grays led by seven future Hall of Famers, Jeez. Josh Gibson, Oscar Charleston, Judd Wilson, Satchel Paige, Smokey Joe Williams, and Willie Foster with another Hall of Famer, team owner Posey, managing the club. Alongside the 1935 Pittsburgh Crawfords and the 1942 KC Monarchs, the 31 Grays would have fared well as a standalone squad in either the National or American League. And not surprisingly, Josh Gibson and Satchel Paige were featured on one or more of all of those teams. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Washington Nationals have celebrated the Grays with throwback jerseys on a number of occasions. And so here I am in Pittsburgh today. We celebrate them as this week's forgotten franchise. That's awesome. You know, that that uh, next time we have Bob Kendrick on uh, President of the Negro Leagues uh, Museum in Kansas City, I'm going to ask him when he 
uh, ranks, you know, the greatest teams of all time, where would he put the Homestead Grays? You know, those teams have that many great players. It's unbelievable. Seven Hall of Famers. famers. And I've I've never seen anyone tabulate or I've never seen a list where it's tabulated the teams that have had the most Hall of Famers on them. Certainly those Yankee teams, you know, had a number of them between Ruth and and, uh, Gehrig. Uh, you know, DiMaggio, et cetera. It would be fascinating to see where the Homestead Grays fall on that list. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Dominant franchise. And again, great local history here in the Steel City. All right. Let's get to this week's quiz. Well, guys, this is October and this is the month where champions are made, where pain is meted out. And uh, I guess we're playing out the string, right? <laughs> it's just like the Orioles against the Red Sox, basically. Oh, that hurt, Buster. How could you say something like that to me? Ouch. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Who is the all-time home run leader in San Diego Padres history? Is it Nate Colbert? Is it Adrian Gonzalez, speaking of the Red Sox? Is it Dave Winfield or is it Tony Gwynn? All-time leader in Padres home run history. Nate, that is a oh. Nate Colbert, Adrian Gonzalez, Dave Winfield, Tony Gwynn. Wow. All right, Taylor, who you got? Uh, I'm going to steer away from Tony Gwynn. He, that seems obvious. I'll go Adrian Gonzalez. Why not? I'll go Nate Colbert. Buster, Buster, this is why champions are made in October. Oh, it is yeah. Nate Colbert with 163 home runs as a Padre. 135 for Tony Gwynn Taylor. Sorry to say the great Dave Winfield, 154. Adrian Gonzalez with 161. A stellar career, kind of forgotten right now. But uh, Buster, you continue to dominate, getting ready to flex your muscles for the postseason. You know, we just had a conversation with Sarah Langs about spraying champagne. And, you know, I think I'll do that here. I'm going to find Carlos Correa and dump a bottle over him after what he did to me <laughs> in that wild, after that wild card game. Classic. <laughs> All right. Todd, thank you, and have a fun day. That sounds like a fun day. Beautiful day here in Pittsburgh. Thanks, guys. Bleacher Tweets. The pitch. Swing, line drive, left field. Here comes Crawford. Slides, knocks it down. Here's the throw to the plate. The runner is safe. The Orioles have won it 4-3. Oh, wow. Weird, Buster. Where did that come from? I am out of sorts today. (laughs) You are just... Going back in the day to pull out, did you hear Joe Castiglione's voice drop in the Orioles have won it? Like I, that nobody could believe it the way that that whole day played out. Probably the greatest single day of regular season baseball in history. Oh, uh, too funny. Let's go to the tweets. Nick Tanza at The Real Tanza writes in American League Cy Young with Robbie Ray's performance last night. Does it swing back to Cole or has Ray done enough that last night didn't matter? Ray leads in war seven to uh, 5.6 there. Yeah. And then look, Gary Cole wasn't great the night before. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that either one of these guys gained anything from their last outing. And Robbie Ray's put up a lot. Let's go to Matt at Kayaking Smith. He writes in 0 for 11 in the most important series of the year. Harper only goes 0 for 11, five strikeouts, one walk. Did he just lose the MVP title this week? He was nowhere to be found this series when his team needed him. Mm. And they were kind of out of it, you know, going into that series. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be cited on that small sample size. You know, Tatis with 42 home runs. Juan Soto's had amazing numbers all year. He's probably the best hitter. I probably would still vote for uh, for Bryce Harper. Last one for the week. Father Ryan O'Neill at FR Ryan O'Neill writes in, who are the key players moving forward for the Colorado Rockies and the Pittsburgh Pirates? 
Well, Key Brian Hayes, without a doubt, mm-hmm. the third baseman for the Pirates. You know, it's, it's fun to hear um, evaluators of the teams talk about how great he is defensively. It's he, He's going to emerge into the conversation next couple of years, um, along with Nolan Arenado and Matt Chapman and Brendan Rodgers. I think the shortstop for the Rockies because Trevor Story in all likelihood is going to move on. And uh, yeah, so he's going to at age 26, he's going to become a really important player for them going forward. Alrighty, that does it for Bleacher Tweets for the week. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets while you're watching the final games of the regular season. And please follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast because the playoffs are right around the corner and uh, we are very, very excited over here. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be fun. That's it for today. That's it for this week. My thanks to Sarah, Todd, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.